what we do here is go back, 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 back. And welcome in to episode, this episode doesn't actually have a number, so I can't yell it in Spanish. Episode uno. Find a new gimmick. Like this new gimmick we're doing, this new fucking thing we're doing. So we got it. So we are doing these little, little, little bite-sized episodes here on the Two and a Half Marks podcast. Uh, my name is David Statman. As always, I'm joined by my friend Angelo Glisa. As we rewatch, relive, and remember, not a whole pay per view because we don't have time for that shit right now. Uh, over the next like few weeks, like you know, our our our, our, our recording schedule is going to be a little hit and miss. You know, we got some shit going on in real life. Uh, I'm actually, we're actually going to see each other in person multiple times over the next, like, month, which is going to be fucking weird. The mega powers collide. Powers once again reunite. And uh, we're, so we don't really have full time to, like, record a whole thing, but we are, we're doing a little bite-sized deal here to give Give our give our give our, our our legion of loyal fans some content uh, to hold them over. Uh, we're calling this what is it? Two, uh, two and a half marks. Mark it down. The series. There we go. Uh, it's official where, now. And this is a thing where you know I I occasionally will send Angelo random matches and be like, hey, you need to watch this or I will physically abuse you in public. And. He always watches them because he, you know, he just immediately gives in on everything I tell him to do. So he has no, he has no free will or self-respect, which is why we love nope. him. Nope. And so that's what we're doing. I'm just, I, you know, uh, you know, we're probably going to do a couple of these, a couple more of these over the next month or so. And then maybe, you know, sprinkle these in in random weeks in the future when we don't have time to, you know, record a whole episode. Fucking around with it a little bit. But... Uh, that's, that's exactly what we're doing. One random match grabbed from fucking wherever, not bothering with a whole show. Lord knows this whole show would take like, the whole show that this match is from would take like seven hours to watch because it's fucking great. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that is what we are doing on um, market down one random match. And, uh, I, I, I had to queue up cause I, I have, we're not doing it randomly, you know? We're not doing the random randomizer gimmick. They're from the depths I, of David's mind. I'm just grabbing shit that stands out to my brain, and I had to pick something that, you know, is, it's, in my opinion, the greatest wrestling match of all time, or one of the greatest wrestling matches of all time, because I like wrestling, and I want to not hate myself while watching wrestling. <laughs> so, uh, we got a real fucking good one for you. Uh, what's going on, Angelo? We're watching, uh, for people who don't know, I guess it'll be in the... If you didn't probably see it on the, I don't, I don't know actually how you're going to title these, but we are watching uh, Kenta Kobashi versus Kensuke Sasaki from Pro Wrestling Noah 2005, uh, one of the greatest matches of all time. So really looking forward to talking about this one. No idea how I'm going to label these things because that's like it's a full mouthful, right? Like if I go uh, Kensuke Sasaki, mark it down, pro, like there's just a lot of shit in that title. Like there's a lot of shit. I might just label it the match. Marks, two and a half marks colon mark it down colon Kensuke Sasaki versus. Period. Kenta Kobashi colon Pro Wrestling Noah 2005 in the Tokyo Dome. Destiny. Yes. Yeah. Let's, I'll, I'll figure out something. I always do. I. I. I again, producer Angelo Lisa has never let us down ever. Not once. Not ever. Never has failed a recording. Never has dropped the ball with that stuff. Ne- it's never happened. Just never happened. 
We've never we we certainly haven't lost like multiple full episodes before. Yeah, definitely not like two or three episodes are just completely out there in the best. But yeah, like this was, again, my greatest asset is that I am not an expert in anything and I will trust people that I know are experts in things. David is an expert in pro wrestling. And so if he says, hey, you need to watch this shit because it's revolutionary or holy shit, this match slaps ass. I'm going to fuck his take his word for it. And frankly, like, especially with this first one, man, it lived up to every expectation. Like this is a 4.75 Meltzer star rating, but like, man. This shit was great. Like, this was a fantastic match. There's so much to talk about with this match itself. And, yeah, I'm excited for this series because we're not professional podcasters. I know that's shocking to say. I mean, we produce two hours of content every week watching three to four hour shows. But, no, we are not professionals, ladies and gentlemen. We are just guys who do this as a hobby. And so we can't record these episodes in mass in advance. But these short little one matches, hey, we can get through two of those, three of those, four of those if we're feeling really ambitious. But right now, we're just focused on the one, and that's going to be Kobashi Sasaki. Yes. We we have made, between the two of us, enough money off of this podcast to, like, buy a case of beer. So maybe See, I would say two cases of beer. We could probably buy yeah, two cases. I suppose. Um, so I guess we could be considered professional podcasters in that sense. But... I, I would say that we are at best semi-pro podcasters. I'm like the Jackie Moon of podcasting. I haven't. I, it's been too long since I've seen that movie. I will not be able to make another reference. But just whatever bitch character that um, there is in there, that you just make that Andre, me. What's Andre Three Thousand's character name? The guy who does the fucking uh, he, like invents the 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 alley oop. Alley oop. I have no idea, it's, but he's way that's he's way too cool. For, uh, way too cool for me. Like I am like one like of the cool. It's not like a cool like fucking like like. Like nickname. Or I am something. the I am the guy they trade the washing machine for. Yeah, that's true. Who's uh, if I remember correctly is played by Woody Harrelson. Yes, correct. Yes, that movie's really good. Fantastic. Uh, Star studded. This is a pro Woody Harrelson podcast, and it always has been. You no, know, Woody Harrelson's dad was like a mass murderer. What? Well, that, yeah. You yeah. know what? It's not surprising considering like like he kind of has that vibe, but like he's a fantastic actor. He was uh, also in Zombieland, one of my favorite movies. Oh, it's a great movie, and he's great in that movie too. But yeah, Woody, uh, Google Woody Harrelson father. There's some really <laughs> interesting shit there. I'm telling you, man. But yeah, we are watching, in my opinion, like to me, just in my own personal like judgment, um, this is the greatest wrestling match that ever occurred in the you know hundred plus year history of pro wrestling. It never got better than this one. It is Kensuke Sasaki and Kenta Kobashi. In the main event of Pro Wrestling Noah Destiny 2005 at the Tokyo Dome. So, uh, without further ado, it sounds like we're ready to remember some guys, Angelo. Let's remember these two guys. Fucking do it. It is July 18th, 2005. As I mentioned, we're in the Tokyo Dome. Tokyo, Japan for Pro Wrestling Noah Destiny 2005, which is, for a little bit of context... This was probably, you could say, maybe the biggest show in the history of Pro Wrestling Noah, headlined by the final match ever between the the god of Pro Wrestling Noah, the man who founded the promotion, and one of the, the greatest legends in wrestling history, Mitsuharu Musawa, and his rival Toshiaki Kawada. Go back and watch all their matches. They had a, they had like they had like twenty matches between the two of them alone that were like 
Meltzer five-star matches. I mean, they really are incredible. They'll probably end up uh, on one of these short episodes. Maybe. We'll see. And also, if you look down the card a little bit, featured a young lad coming over from a, a little jump over from New Japan by the name of Hiroshi Tanahashi. I've heard uh, that name before, David. Challenging for the uh, GHC Heavyweight Championship. Very interesting. I didn't remember that ever happening. But this match was one of the big attractions. It was considered a huge dream match at the time. Kenta Kobashi, uh, over the previous 15 years, superstar in all Japan pro wrestling, and then later, after the formation of pro wrestling, Noah, one of the biggest stars there, um, spent the previous 15 years establishing himself as like an inner circle fucking pro wrestling Hall of Famer. And Kensuke Sasaki. First time matchup Sasaki had those previous 15 years been one of the top stars in New Japan pro wrestling uh, and had just left right before this, had left New Japan to go freelance. And this was his first match in pro wrestling. No, he is debuting in this promotion, coming in on Kenta Kobashi's home turf. The first time they had ever faced off two guys who had been massive stars in competing promotions during a huge boom period for Japanese wrestling throughout the 90s and the early 2000s. Um, so it is, it was considered a massive, massive fucking dream match. And we have a Tokyo Dome crowd that, I miss fucking cheering Japanese crowds, man. Like, you know, it, they, they still aren't allowed to, like, cheer yet because of weird COVID shit. Um, like, everyone, they can only do, like, clapping, which sucks. Like, Japanese crowds are the fucking, you know, when they go crazy, like, it, it really elevates a match to a new level. Um, and we have a massive fucking crowd in the Tokyo Dome. The listed attendance for this show is 62,000 fucking Christ. people. Jesus Christ. I don't know necessarily, I mean, I don't know how many people were actually there, right? Like, I don't know, you know, was pro wrestling Noah, the other, these Japanese promotions... Are they as prone to completely kayfabing their offend, uh, attendance figures like WWE has always been? I don't know. Maybe. But regardless of what the actual number is, there's a lot of fucking people <laughs> at the Tokyo Dome. And they are all hype as shit to watch this match. Look, man, if you were to tell me that there are more people at this pay-per-view than there were at this year's WrestleMania where the numbers were like 70,000, uh, this it, it definitely seemed like there are more people here. Uh, like, I don't think they're that juiced. That crowd was just like that's the first thing that really pops off the page with both their guys, both their entrances is just how over both these guys are, especially Kobashi, because Kobashi comes out and he's treated like a damn deity. Because he is, because he is, he's the he is the I, I will I will compare Kenta Kobashi to Jesus Christ multiple times during this episode. Um, but yeah, he uh, this this yeah they may not have had as many people in total as like say this wrestlemania at what was wrestlemania this year was it at&t or was it was it the la one i don't know it's that da- it's that da- it was in dallas it's in la next year it was, it was in was dallas jerry world i can't yeah remember. jerry world um yeah okay um there might have been more people at jerry world than were in the dome for this but it certainly sounds like there were more people at the dome for this match than there were at jerry world this year um and we we get and i will never complain about when you know, and I give a lot of credit to Cody Rhodes for this, bringing back like the elevator out of the ground entrance deal. <laughs> they both get the elevator out of the ground 
shit, and that has never not been fucking cool. It is always cool, and more promotions should do it. Uh, yeah, Sasaki and Kobashi come out on the Cody Vader, and it's awesome. Um, Genta Kobashi has, as he walks to the ring, this entire massive fucking Tokyo Dome chant- crowd chanting his name. And it's like, just, it's... It's just, like, colossal, the sheer number of people that are, like, chanting his name, like, full fucking volume. It's amazing. Um, the bell rings. It's one of those matches where, like, the bell rings, and they're just staring at each other down, and the crowd is already going insane without them having, do, like, done anything. How long could they have stayed like that? Because, honestly, like, you could have had them stare at each other for ten minutes. I'd be, like, I'd be on the edge of my seat the entire time with how that crowd was. Yeah, it's... It, it really elevates, like, when you have a match like that, I somebody posted a, a video of the Kenny Omega-Brian Danielson match um, from, was it, was that one they, was was that the one at um, Arthur Ashe Stadium, the tennis stadium? <sighs> they had their big dream match in AEW. Actually, Arthur Ashe might have been Danielson and Hangman, if I remember correctly. I think so. But when they had the big Danielson-Kenny Omega match, they re- rung the bell and all they did was stare each other down and the crowd is like already chanting this is awesome at them and going ape shit. So when you have a reaction like that just for the bell ringing, that's when you know you have something special on your hands. And this has one of my favorite like fucking hot starts ever. They lock up immediately Kensuke Sasaki, who is just – both of these men are towers of fucking beef. Just like – like, They are what WWE had in mind. Both of these men look like they could bench press a fucking Ford F-150. I mean, they are just, the the absolute size and width of these men are, they are like, I mean, they're like, they're like, they're like fucking cartoon characters. It's insane. Um, they, they lock up and Kensuke Sasaki immediately hits him with a backdrop suplex and drops him on his head. And they do some chops. Kenta Kobashi hits a backdrop and then... Sasaki that just jumps up, no cells that clotheslines fucking dick off. They, the crowd is going crazy for them doing the fucking, just like the test of strength at the beginning of the match. They do the knuckle lock deal. And then Kensuke Sasaki does one of my favorite, like, as someone who's watched a ton of Kensuke Sasaki matches, one of my favorite little things that he would do is if he did the knuckle lock thing, he would then, like, duck his head underneath the guy's uh, armpit and do a northern light suplex out of the knuckle lock. Oh, wow. Fucking cool, and I have stolen that, and will continue to do so. <laughs> uh, it's so fucking cool. Um, I, I steal a lot of Kensuke Sasaki shit, honestly. Um, we get Kobashi takes control for a little bit. He hits some jumping chops on the apron. DDTs him on the floor. Big man doing a big plancha over the top rope to the outside. Then we get Kensuke Sasaki comes back. It's a top rope Frankensteiner diving clothesline off the top rope. He climbs up and hits a big dive to the outside from the uh, to the from the top rope to the floor. Then, after this kind of frenzy of moves, they face off in the center of the ring. They start firing up at each other, and this is if if this match is remembered for anything, it's this middle part to the match about this five minute stretch of this match. Oh my god! Battle. Somebody in the YouTube comments counted it as 185 consecutive chops back and forth between Kensuke Sasaki and Kenta Kobashi. Somebody counted it as 185. If you had told me if it was – I didn't count it myself. If you told me it was more than that, I would believe you. If you told me it was less than that, I'd believe you because it just go like 
it's you you're on the hook the entire time you're just like how long are they going to do this and it never feels like it like you think you hear the phrase 185 consecutive chops and you're like oh so they're not doing anything but chopping each other in the chest it's electric man it's it so is, it, is the it goes most, it is the single most electric thing i have ever seen in wrestling like to this day like I, I can't watch it and not, like, stand up out of my fucking chair. They're killing I mean, each other. The pure electricity that happens, like, with the crowd and everything, it's it's ludicrous every single time they face off in this match. And you get this just five-minute battle of wills between these two men in the center of the ring where they just chop each other back and forth, and it keeps going. And the crowd is going fucking insane. The whole fucking time they are losing their fucking minds. And it is like grow like like and it keeps getting louder and louder and louder the whole fucking I've, I've never seen anything like this before or since. I mean it's it's unbelievable. It cycles twice. Like so like th- there's that initial start and you start to hear that roar kind of come up to the point where they're at a mass applause. And then they keep going. And then they get another starting of roar of applause and it gets even louder. Like it's they get two cycles of crowd like eruption they, the crowd erupts twice for this five minute segment it's in, it's just utterly yeah insane it is these two fucking big badass dudes facing off showing down and in this battle of wills to see who is the tougher man and you know these these two guys had you know, you feel like it feels like they are representing more than just themselves. This is Sasaki representing New Japan and Kobashi representing all Japan and pro wrestling. Noah, these two companies that had, you know, wouldn't necessarily been at. I wouldn't necessarily say they were at war with each other, but were definitely competing very heavily throughout that time. And this is the, one of the top stars from New Japan, the top stars from all Japan pro wrestling. Noah facing Ah, who is the bigger fucking man? In this dream match, uh, Kobashi backs him down in the corner, does the machine gun chops to him, the rapid fire chops. Then Kensuke Sasaki turns around, does it to him. Kobashi turns around, does it again. Sasaki turns it around and does it again. Every single time, it feels like it seems like they're starting to fade. They fire back up again. They go nose to nose and stare each other down, and they keep chopping. You you can watch both men's chests like start to bruise. And, like, turn purple in fucking, like, real time. Um, and then after a little while, uh, like I said, 185 consecutive chops. Unofficial total. Um, Kobashi drops him with one, and then they both go down uh, on the mat. Crowd goes fucking crazy. And then the match gets, like, even better. <laughs> like, they get to their feet, and then it's just, here's a bunch of just guys doing fucking power moves on each other and killing each other. Um, they get to their feet, Sasaki power slams him, he goes up to the top row, Kabashi follows him, superplexes him, hits a half and half suplex right on his head, fires the fuck up because he is the god of wrestling, um, hits another half and half suplex right on his head, they end up going to the outside, Kensuke Sasaki hits one of his signature moves, the Northern Lights Bomb, a move that I have stolen, hits it on the floor, um, Kobashi is able to get back in right before the count of 20. Uh, Kensuke Sasaki hits the bridging tiger suplex, hits a huge lariat. Kobashi then reverses him, hits another huge lariat. Sasaki is able to uh, hit uh, his big judo arm drag, puts him in 
the stranglehold submission, which was kind of like this weird like armbar type deal where he was like kind of around his head. Um, Kobashi's able to get his foot on the rope. Uh, Sasaki then tries to go for the Northern Lights bomb again. Kobashi reverses it into a brainbuster. This is probably the most like electric like part of the at the end. This spot where he hits the he goes for the Northern Lights bomb. Kobashi hits the brainbuster instead. Then Sasaki no sells it, gets up, hits the Northern Lights bomb. Then they both get up and they kind of run into each other and fall down oh and collapse. God. The crowd goes nuts because it's like these two men are emptying everything they fucking have in the chamber to win this fucking match. Um, finish of the match, Kobashi hits the sleeper suplex, huge short arm clothesline, hits the moonsault, uh, Sasaki kicks out, but then he hits his spinning, like kind of spinning chops that he would do, like kind of spinning knife edge chops, and then hits the ropes and does a massive lariat, one final fucking lariat, and he gets the pin, wins the match, 23 minutes and 38 seconds. Afterwards, the Tokyo Dome chants Kobashi's name, and these two warriors embrace in the center of the ring and raise each other's hands as 62,000 people in the Tokyo Dome go fucking wild, brother. The greatest match of all time, in my opinion. I mean, Dave, you undersold it, to be honest. Let me be honest. You undersold the shit out of this match when you said, hey, just watch this. And, and you talk yeah. about – Grant, you talk about this with, uh, like, this grandstanding. I'm just like, okay, cool, David. It, 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 it goes beyond that. It's just so – just like, you want to talk about, like, kaiju fights. You want to talk about big, meaty men slapping meat. You want to talk about just classics and, like – getting the most by doing the least it like all of that is jam-packed into this match and i say doing the most uh getting the most out of doing the least there's not a lot of complex shit that they're doing they're just hitting the crap out of each other you have these big like suplex power moves but like there's nothing that would be like ricochet is an example like he's got a whole bunch of crazy shit in his pool there's nothing that ricochet is like exclusive to do that any of these guys do is just simple. I am going to hit yeah. the shit out of you there's, and you are going to hit the shit out of me. There's no moves in this match that like are like, Oh, not everyone can do this move. Cause I'm doing the fucking triple fucking aider. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm, I'm not super athletic and I like regularly do almost every single move that happens in this match. You Ex- know what I mean? Exactly. I'm like an average athlete, you know? And like, like and, and I think that helps it, too, because, like, I think the personality of these two guys, I mean, their charisma, you see it when they come out. It, it's just off the charts. Uh, they're Like, again, I compared this to a kaiju fight, which we've said WWE does better than anything else. There is some very WWE-like presentation style to this entire Noah stage and to how both these guys are presented. It's just utterly incredible, and the crowd plays their role. It's, it, it's insane. And, again... The chops that they're just going back and forth. Everything looks stiff. Like, whether it is or not, this match looks like it has worked in a very stiff style, which makes sense considering the size of these two lads. But, like, that's kind of what helps elevate the matches. You're just like, yeah, is this like a UFC fight? No. But the fact that everything looks like it's connecting full flush just puts it on another level versus some other matches where you know like it's you kind of can see the you can see through the illusion a little bit if you know what you're looking for like any super kick um something that they both do really well that like really sticks out is that even if the moves are simple 
they do a great job after the fact selling the impact and selling the moment. This is something that I think like the Bucks do this as well. I think the Bucks are the best at it is that, yeah, the Bucks have a ton of flashy moves in the repertoire, but after every single one of those moves, they linger just like the extra half second to let it sink into what, what just happened and like sell the impact and sell the moment and sell it like, Hey, I just hit this guy with a big move. He's going to be down there for a while. I don't have to kind of rush into the next thing. I could kind of let that leave, let that effect linger a little bit. The half and half suplex is brutal. Um, no selling the chops. Brutal. Again, that chop fight. I, I, watch that alone. I don't care if you don't watch this entire match. Go out, find the video, watch that seven minute segment and just in, bask in the glory of that. We, uh, we're both WVU fans. WVU is in the TBT tournament, and our friends were lamenting because we looked like WVU, which is typically not good. And I'm just like, man, I'm just sitting here watching guys chop each other in the chest, and I'm having a blast. Yes, it, and they ended up winning by 30 points anyway. Exactly. The WVU experience, baby. Um, And there's a moment, too. You mentioned uh, when Kobashi was outside the ring and just beat the 20 count. The little subtle thing of him getting up to the apron and then falling off the apron to help build up that tension that, like, I'm not a fan of the 20 count, but when you get to that, when you finally get to the 20, like the 18, 19, 20 segment, it, it, it does sell a lot better than just your t- typical 10 count because it really feels like, oh shit, this is even longer. It's even more impressive that he hasn't made it back to the ring or it's more impressive that he was somehow able to beat the count because you still get that effect. Oh, man. And then the lariats that these two guys do to each other. They're all just picture perfect and stiff. And then they choose the very right moments to show that slow-mo segments. Because, like, there are slow-mo cameras. And sometimes when you see it in slow-mo, it doesn't look great all the time. The moves they chose to show show that impact on another level. Because, again, like, they are working much more stiff than a, a typical match. And when they show these lariats and they show the impact, they show the skin rippling, they show the effect of the head whipping back by getting hit in the arm, and they show the impact of falling down into the mat, it it just puts it on another level. This match truly is perfectly run from a standpoint of just the visuals, the special effects, how it is being presented, and just who is involved and how they work. Everything complements itself into a perfect match. There is so much story that is just conveyed in really not that much, you know, like every, every, like they're not doing a whole lot to overtly tell the story. You know what I mean? They're not cutting a big promo. They're not, you know, fucking, we can't understand We can't understand them anyway. Yeah. We can't, we can't speak the language, but like we can understand exactly what the story is. And it is just this unbelievable fucking test of wills between the two baddest men on the fucking planet. Um, the chop battle is the single, you know, it's like all they're doing is chopping each other 185 times in a row. Why would that be so great? You know, right? Why is that so fucking great? Because you just have to watch the intensity and the fire and just feel the competition between the two of them, the way the crowd is feeding off of it and the way they're feeding off of the crowd and just continuing to push it to this level of energy. That's fucking unbelievable. It's the beauty Um, of pro wrestling. It's it's it is Kenzo Kobashi to me 
is the greatest wrestler who ever lived. Um, and it's because I don't think there's ever been anyone who was so good at just being the fucking, like, the fiery baby face. You know what I mean? Just the, the guy that you have to get behind because he has so much strength and will and power who is just always going to keep fighting until he's dead. You know what I mean? You have mm-hmm. to, you feel like you have to be behind him because it matters so much to him to fight and to win that it should matter to you as well. You know, there's, and there's been so many guys that have, you know, tried to, to, to kind of be that fiery baby face, but no one has ever been as good as Kenta Kobashi. And part of it is because again, he is just this fucking meat tower, this fucking impossibly just, tough and strong and powerful man and thick he's a thick motherfucker i mean there's just there's just something about him when you watch kenta kobashi you're just like how the fuck is this a real human being they both these guys you kind of like they both at that like keith lee level of surrealism like this is not a real life human that can do these things or is built this way or that's just this massive like lee himself while he's a big girth here in the middle like I don't look at Keith Lee and think, wow, look at that fat kid. I look at that guy and just think, that is a tank of a human being. And both these guys are like tanks of human beings. And it's just, you don't find guys like that. And if you do find guys like that, they're traditionally, especially nowadays, they're in other things. They're in like football or basketball because there's a little bit more money to be made there. And with how much technology and coverage we have of athletes, it's harder for those guys to kind of fall through the cracks and end up in pro wrestling. I think that is something that's happened in this modern era where if you are that size and have that athleticism, the money to be made in those other sports, it dwarfs pro wrestling, unfortunately. And and that is a kind of harsh reality of it. But that's what makes this era so special is that you end up with these kind of guys that transcend. Like you could throw those guys out there with any other athlete and be like, if we had a decathlon, I don't know who would win. Yeah. I mean, Kobashi is just, when you, when you hear about a wrestler having fire, that's Kobashi. You know what I mean? And, and it, he had this ability just with his presence and his intensity to elevate any match he was in and just feeling more important, you know, feeling bigger because he was in it trying to win this match. Uh, I got some trivia for you. As what? as a as Kobashi is the best ever corner person that you are, Kobashi started his career uh, being booked by the Giant Baba to lose every match. How many as, matches did as he usually, as usually happens? Yeah. How many matches in a row did he lose before he finally won? Probably a fucking lot, honestly. Like uh. Eh. Maybe a hundred or so. I don't know. Not, that's that's how it usually is when you're coming out of the dojo in Japan. Not that quite. Sixty three matches, he lost in a row. Yeah, and, uh, and and that's how he got over is because even though he lost, he had so much like fire and defeat, and so much intensity and strength and defeat that the fans got behind him, and he ended up once he started getting a push, he was an instant star, you know, because he already had it. Like, he just had it on a level that, like, this in-ring presence and, and intensity that has never been matched. I think the first, and like, you know, as, as someone who, 
I, I make no bones about the fact I'm a huge, I, I, I love the Japanese style of wrestling. It's the reason I, you know, it, it, I became a pro wrestler. It's like that, um, that like portrayal of the, you know, it's what Chris Hero called the struggle through sport. Mm-hmm. That test of wills is something that really just like resonated deeply with me and, and got me really interested and I think the first match that I ever watched with Kenta Kobashi was I looked at probably like a lot of American people. My first Kenta Kobashi match I ever watched was I went on YouTube and I watched the Kenta Kobashi Samoa Joe match from Ring of Honor. Oh, that sounds so good. Oh, it, it is. You you need to watch that. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, and I watched that match and I was just like, fuck, like, how do you watch that match and not want to be a pro wrestler? It's just like fucking it's it's like. It feels like when you watch this, when you watch this Kobashi and Sasaki match, it feels like you are watching the most important thing that has ever fucking happened. Yeah, because the moment and the intensity and the reaction of the crowd is so insane at every fucking step of the way. And then it just, you know, it it it, it continues to build upon itself until you get this just fucking hot finish. It's it's amazing. To me, it is. I know, like, Meltzer didn't quite give this five stars, but that's the subjective opinion of one man. And yes. You know, Meltzer is the first person to admit that. That's the 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 the, uh, the subjective opinion of one man. To me, it is a 100 out of 100 cannot be improved upon in any way match. It just, there is, I, I've watched it a bunch of times in my life, and it just never fails to evoke an emotional response from me on just a deep level. It, it certainly lives up to that hype. I mean, these two guys, just to give some more history here, um, from 1997 to 2007, seven match of the years combined between the two of them, including this one. Yeah. Um, Kobashi, second most five-star matches, according to Meltzer. Again, the opinion of a man. Second most five-star matches, only behind uh, Mitsuharu Misawa's 25. Uh, yes. Kobashi had 23 and like everything about it lives up in the, and that struggle thing, this, the, the test of wills through sport, the struggle through sport. It's something that I think that's kind of, it's the NFL secret sauce. Cause I think you see it more there. Cause you see two, you see all these people colliding every play as opposed to like maybe NF, uh, NBA where it's a little bit more of a, 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 you can kind of be a little bit more finesse with that one. Um, but these two guys really do exemplify it. and it's something that's really hard to do. It's something really hard to sell. It's not easy. This is it's it's also, you know, it this match is one of the last really great matches of Kobashi's career as well. I mean, he had I think later on that year was the was the Samoa Joe match. He came to Ring of Honor and did a couple shows and that was later on in 2005. The next year, he got cancer and was out for over a year. Oh, shit. And really? Then, yeah. He had he had testicular cancer, I think. Something wow. like that. He came back from that, but had a lot of injuries the last, you know, few years of his career and, and wasn't, you know, it, it kind of kind of tailed off and he ended up retiring. But this is like, this is represents one of the last, like, real fucking like just 10 out of 10 incredible matches in Kobashi's career in a, in, a, in a career that was filled with them. And again, when you watch these Kenta Kobashi matches, 
you don't see necessarily, you know, you're not seeing someone do a fucking double moonsault super kick. You're seeing a, you're going to see some, you know, nasty looking suplexes and some power moves and stuff, but you're seeing a fight in a battle of wills that is just like, at least for me, like just fucking, you know, tickles something deep down and just draws you in. And that's why I think I think this is the greatest match I've ever seen. Damn oh, yeah. good. So good. Kensuke Sasaki, Kensuke Kabashi. Fucking watch it. Just go watch it. It's amazing. It's, it's on, on YouTube. YouTube. Check it out. Fucking put you can put the link in the description, Angelo. I will put the link in the description, yeah. David. Link, link in bio, motherfucker. All right. So I know this is a, a, a little side deal, but we're going to be doing I guess we're still doing the two and a half marks. Want to do that? Yeah, let's do two and a half marks. It's the name of the show. Let's let's say, yeah, this is still the the name of the show. Fuck it. Let's do it. Uh, My half mark is going to working stiff with purpose. I know that we talk about a lot of times people that work stiff or work a real style or breaking people open the hard way. Uh, Sometimes there's not a real good reason for that. Sometimes it looks real shitty, too. But whenever, like, these two guys just show a master of the craft with how they work and how stiff everything looks. Now, a lot of that comes from the fact that they are just mostly doing suplexes and chops and lariats. Uh, but everything looks super impactful. It doesn't look like that it's much selling at all, maybe after the fact. But everything just looks positively brutal. And whenever you can sell that in a wrestling match, it makes it feel ten times more real. And for, whenever, again, working stiff with purpose, really good. And both these guys show mastercraft levels of that. My one mark is going to big men utilizing the top rope. Sasaki has a super Frankensteiner thrown in there. Kobashi had a moonsault. Whenever you see big meaty men get to the top rope and be able to hit those big kind of moves without breaking their neck, it's just incredible. It's the same reason why we are always in awe whenever Brock Lesnar, uh, we see young Brock break out the shooting star press. Because it's just insane seeing guys that size on the top rope. It's not fair. It's just really not fair. And it will get a pop every time. And my two marks is going to sportsmanship because at the end of the day, the, the presentation style is that of a sporting event. And what is a sporting event without showing respect to your opponent? I mean, obviously, there are going to be guys you don't get along with. In wrestling, there's going to be storylines where they, it gets super personal. But whenever you go out there and you have a match like that, showing sportsmanship, it, it's never going to be a bad thing. Look at two recent examples. Seth Rollins, Cody Rotel in a cell. The Monday after after it happens, you have Cody and Seth out there showing sportsmanship. And then what, the match we just saw this weekend, FTR Briscoes for the Ring of, uh, Ring of Honor tag titles, where both those guys, both those teams are just so damn good. And like, you just show respect to the other guy because at the end of the day, it, it doesn't matter who wins or loses. It matters what you the product you put on. And if you put on a show that's this good, you, you just have to show respect to your dance partner. Yeah. It's not about who wins and loses. It's about how you play the game. Uh, I'm going to give my half mark to Kensuke, uh, Kensuke Sasaki's moves. I talked so much about um, Kel Kobashi because he's the he is the the messiah of wrestling. But I I don't want to sell short Kensuke Sasaki here, who does a fucking puts in just an unbelievable performance. And I've always gotten such a kick out of watching him wrestle because yeah, he has a lot of those traits that Kobashi has where he's just this fucking meaty badass who is just really fiery and awesome to watch. 
but I love his moveset. He, I, you know, I, I say this about Batista, where it's like he has like every single power move, and they all look great. Like, like the thing about Batista is, like I said, they, they, they he like decided to jam every single power move that exists into his moveset and do them all and like, like all like awesomely. Sasaki has like a very like like he kind of does most of the like power moves you can think of but it always feels like he found his own little twist on everything and including coming up with the northern lights bomb which is one of my favorite moves in pro wrestling he just is a guy that when you watch him he will do one or two things every match that make you go huh that was really fucking cool so big shout out to Kensuke Sasaki again I don't want to sell him short because he is also a fucking first-class legend in my estimation. I'm going to give my one mark to the mystique of the Tokyo Dome. I think there's something about having a match like that. You know, having a match like that, you could do it in a fucking backyard and it would get over. But the fact, like, doing it in the Tokyo Dome in front of a massive crowd like that, there's just something a little extra special to be lent to it by that setting. It is, I mean, Tokyo Dome is one of the, the meccas of wrestling. And I'm going to give my full two marks to the fucking, and I, 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 there were a lot of chops in this match. I want to talk specifically about like Kobashi's like spinning knife edge. Oh man. At the end of a match. Talk about a move that looked like, like you would, you know, like a regular chop, right? You... We've given them, we've taken them. If you like wrestling, you've probably fucked around and given your friends some chops, you know, <laughs> and you know how it feels. It's it's a great move because it has a strong impact, and people people see a, and hear a big chop, and they're like, ooh, wow, you know? But it's also completely fucking safe. You know, it is like the safest thing that you could fucking do. But like, when Kobashi would throw those like spinning like knife edge chops to like the person's neck, I know that again it's, it's landing on like the side of the neck, so it's probably fine. Like you're probably safe. That's where you're supposed to hit the guy. But he doesn't. You're like, oh fuck, he's gonna actually kill this guy with those. Just like, and you never see anyone else do them. It's like an MMA move, man. Wrestling today, like you, you will not find another person do that fucking move. Just. Kenta Kobashi's the only motherfucker who could get away with that because he is the god of wrestling. There is simply no other no other man like him. So that will wrap up our first episode of uh, Mark It Down with the two and a half marks. Uh, Kenta Kobashi and Kensuke Sasaki. So we're going to have at least one more of these coming up before we uh, go back to our regularly scheduled full bullshits. Uh, what was it? Hell, what are we doing? Uncensored '96, right? We'll That's right. That is the next one. Yes. Uh, the next one. We'll depend- get there at some point, we'll, but we'll see when we release these. Again, these are just to help us get through August. Um, but yeah, well, these we're gonna have two, and I think the next one we have already we know what the next one is. We can't say that about number three yet. But this next one's gonna be something else entirely, but still a good thing. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. Kensuke Sasaki, Kensuke Kobashi was the greatest match for fucking watching. So yeah, for my good friend Angelo and Lisa, my name is David Staff. Thanks everybody for listening.